I'd like to welcome all of our guests today. If you are a guest this morning, we are so glad to have you. Thank you for being with us today. And if it's your first or second time with us today, we invite you to stop back by our welcome area in the back of the sanctuary. And we have a small token of appreciation we'd like to give you for being with us this morning. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be joining us from, we pray that you are blessed by this service as well. In Jesus' name. I also want to say thank you to all of you that kept me in your prayers uh, for the minister's retreat that I was in in uh, Connecticut. I greatly appreciate it. Several folks texted me, and that really means a lot, um, knowing. I, I know that just because you didn't text me doesn't mean you weren't praying. That's not my point. My point is it really is nice to know that people are praying. And uh, we had a great time. There was a great move of the Lord yesterday in our final session. So thank you very much. Psalms 126. Psalm 126. If you would go there with me. We will begin reading with verse number 1. Psalm 126. I like to, I just noticed this as I've, all my study and preparation is done digitally. But the heading on this psalm, which I'll give you the, go ahead and give you, this will give you, give away where I'm going. The heading on this psalm in the Bible that I have is, Sow Tears and Reap Joy. Sow tears and reap joy. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. The King, King James is a little bit hard to understand there, but what he's saying is when, when the captives returned, when they came back home, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Anybody got some great things God's done for you that you're glad about today? Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. The Living Bible says, verse 5, this way, similar to the caption or heading of this chapter, those who sow tears shall reap joy. Those who sow tears shall reap joy. I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning on this subject, a great exchange. A great exchange. Father, I thank you for 
the privilege of being in your presence today. I thank you for every individual that's gathered together in this service today. I thank you for your presence that's already been manifested and ministered in this place. And I pray now, God, that you would speak to hearts and and lives in this place today. I pray, God, that you would give someone the ears to hear today what you would say. And that you would let there be faith that would be mixed with your word this morning. That your word might profit us individually. I trust you today. I depend on you, Lord. I trust you today for your anointing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I I know that if we're not careful, if you're not careful, it is a dangerous thing to, to be selective in a verse because it says something you want it to say. If you do not consider the context of any particular verse, you can easily misinterpret that verse. If you do not read not only the verses around a particular verse, but also compare to other truths that are stated in Scripture, you can find some verses that will say some things that you really like, but will be misapplied. One of those verses that often can happen that way is the verse that says, whatever, uh, this is a paraphrase of the verse, but whatever you ask in his name, he'll do it. Now, I got to tell you, that sounds really great. (laughs) God, I, I want a brand new Mercedes Benz in Jesus' name. No, no, no. There is, there is context around that verse that qualifies that verse. That's why if you ask something in Jesus' name and it does not happen, don't disregard Scripture. Don't write off the Word of God because again, there was, there's some, there's some guidelines, if you will, that that govern that verse. It's not just a blank check. <laughs> Ask what you will and it will be given. Man, that's awesome. Doesn't work that way. And so I say all of that to say I do not want to just simply use or pick something that fits what I want to say. But uh, so, so understand that. But I, I, I pulled out the living Bible because it it says something, it says it in a way that I, I've often, I've often had an opinion, if you will, about something. And, and, and that is, you, we know that naturally speaking, if you were to go to, uh, Home Depot today and buy seeds for tomato plants and you were going to grow a garden this year, you would not plant the seeds for tomatoes and have any expectation of reaping cucumbers. You would not expect 
to go buy a orange tree. And once it has reached full maturity and begin to produce fruit, you would not expect to get apples off of the orange tree. Because there is a principle that you reap what you sow. You sow a certain kind of seed because you want a certain kind of vegetable, fruit, flower. But I have often believed that when it comes to spiritual things, that you do not always reap exactly what you sow. The main area I have often thought that and believed that has to do with giving that I personally have never believed that you sow finances and reap finances. Now, I do believe you can sow and reap. But I also believe that there are other ways in which you reap. Because part of sowing my finances is sowing faithfulness. And when I sow faithfulness, I reap from God faithfulness. I believe that there are some intangible blessings in my life that I have received as a result of other things that I have sown. Hallelujah. So while I understand in nature you reap what you sow, If you plant tomato seeds and you get cucumbers, somebody did some wrong packaging. It does not happen. But I've come to tell somebody today that you may very well be in the process of reaping some things you did not sow. And I mean that in a very positive way. Because the psalmist, and if you would permit me to use the living Bible this morning, because it says it pretty clearly, those who sow tears shall reap joy. That's not the same thing. I I know it's sometimes possible to cry as a response to excitement, to joy. Happiness. I know that there are times that weeping is a response. Sometimes the, the depth of something, the, the significance, the importance of it, I, I, it, it will cause a person to be overwhelmed and the, the, the way they respond is by weeping. Those aren't tears of sadness. Those aren't tears of depression. There, there are, there are many of you, or uh, there are some of you at least, that when you get in the presence of God and you begin to respond to the presence of God, one of your automatic responses is tears begin to flow. Not tears of sadness, depression, discouragement, but tears of joy. Because part of what tears demonstrate is the depth of something. I've made reference at times in the past of, of, of some of the, some of the looks on some faces I see during worship. And I'm like, man, if that's what worship is about, I don't want that. I mean, you look like you just lost your dog of 20 years. At the same time, what I'm not saying is that tears are not a part. But in this context here, this context, 
These are pretty clearly in the context of this verse, in this, in this chapter, this is not tears of joy. This is not at all tears of joy. These are tears of sorrow. Hallelujah. And the psalmist said, you will sow tears, but you are going to reap joy. You're not going to put tomatoes and get tomatoes, but you're going to sow tears and reap joy. I've come to tell somebody today there is a harvest that is on its way in your life. There is a crop that is in the process of coming to being ready to be reaped and it is not the same thing as what you've sown because I preached to some people this morning who have literally, not figuratively, but literally you have sown a lot of tears. You've been through some circumstances and situations in your life that have caused you to sow a lot of tears, but I've come to tell somebody today that God is in the process of making a great exchange with you because in replacement for your tears he is going to give you joy he's not going to just give you more and more of what you've had but I've come to declare to somebody today that you are in the process of reaping something much different than you have sown I wish I could get just a little bit of help here this morning from somebody Brother Wright, I don't understand that because I do understand that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. But God says there's going to be some circumstances and situations where I step in and I push aside the very laws that I created. Oh, hallelujah. That I override. the. You see, you and I can't override God's laws. You and I cannot override whether it's God's moral laws, whether it's the laws. You know what? You and I can decide all day long there's no such thing as gravity. And I can tell you I don't believe in gravity, and I'm going to prove it and take a step off this platform. There's one thing that's about to happen if I take a step off this platform. I'm going down. I, I, I don't, some of y'all are crazy. You're, you're, that's all there is to it. I'm sorry. You're crazy. You, you get, you, you, you take thrill and heights. I, I, th- there was several different circumstances working this past week. Uh, there was some things that my wife already had planned this past week before I got the invitation to come to the minister's retreat. And so, Partly because of that, I, I, I took my boys with me, but it also, because of that, became a great opportunity for me to take my boys and for us to get to spend a little bit of time together. And so we left Wednesday afternoon and drove up to uh, New Jersey. Actually, Timothy drove us pretty much. I did not let him drive across the Bay Bridge up. He did drive back, but I wasn't quite ready for that. I especially on the two lane side. I I wanted to be in the in the driver's seat in control of that one. I was a little less nervous on the way back cuz he could get in the middle lane and just stay in the middle lane. 
So we went up to, uh, we stayed right outside of New York City on, on Wednesday night. And then Wednesday, Thursday morning, we, we, I had purchased tickets to go up into Freedom Tower. I actually paid good money to go up 102 stories. House, what is, that doesn't make any sense. I've never experienced, I've, I've ridden in, in elevators before with windows and you could see out, but I've, uh, th- this one was unique. There were no windows. When you got in the elevator, the, uh, the door was solid. The other three walls of the elevator, floor to ceiling, was screen, was a screen. And as the elevator began to move, somebody came up with the brilliant idea, we're going to show you all kinds of aerial shots. As you are going up 102 floors, we are going to show you all these aerial shots of New York City. The moment I recognized that, I found me a spot on the door and focused hard. We, we get up to the top and, and we're standing, and, and there's about a six, eight inch ledge all the way around where the glass are. And, and, and you know what? I mean, if the edge of the platform's the glass, this is good enough for me. Nathaniel's like all up on the ledge, all up on, like, you're taking, by each second, you're taking days off of my life. There is, and the reason I'm so nervous about that is because there is a law that God created that you can't override. Believe in God or don't believe in God, you better believe in gravity. But God alone has the ability with the laws. I don't think God ever overrides moral law. But in the laws of nature, God, and I can show you some examples in his word where God has proven I can override the very laws that I created. Now, if you believe in evolution, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you this morning. But for those of us that believe that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, we also believe that everything about all of this God designed. And so God has the ability. I can show you in the Bible where an axe head that sank to the bottom of a river floated to the, that, that's not normal. That's not the laws of nature, but God has the ability when he chooses, when he wants to, to set aside. He has the ability. We know of three different people in the Bible where God decided, okay, for you, for this moment, gravity will no longer work. Somehow Enoch and Elijah and Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration or when he ascended was set free. From gravity, And so I say all of that to tell you, in spite of what you and I know from a natural standpoint, God has the ability that you can sow one thing, but in return you reap something else. And I preached to some people this morning, you've done an awful lot of sowing of some tears, partly because of circumstances and situations out of your control, but some of them have even been choices you've made that have produced the 
tears. Do you understand that they were in captivity because of what they had done? And that was God's punishment or judgment. And even in the midst of that, he said, you have sown in tears, but you're going to reap in joy. I'm here to tell, I'm not talking about your destiny and I'm not talking about getting rich and I'm not talking about those types of things this morning, but I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today, there is a harvest that is on its way in your life that what you are going to reap is not going to be what you have sown. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse number 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. You were mad at me, but now you're not. There is no parent that's a good parent that's never been angry with their kids. Hopefully you have been angry and sinned not. I have not thrown any kids out of my house. I have not disowned any of my children because at some point they made me angry. We've got a heavenly father that is better than any earthly father. You were angry with me, but this anger is turned away and now you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Verse number three, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. I'm going to turn some things around in your life. I'm going to take what was sorrowful and I'm going to turn it into joy. I'm going to turn my anger against you into now comfort for you. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse number 9. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd and their soul shall be as a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. I will turn their mourning 
into joy. I come to tell somebody today who is all too familiar with mourning, not M-O-R-N-I-N-G, but M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. You are all too acquainted with sadness and grief and sorrow that God has the ability to turn your mourning into joy. God has the ability to turn your circumstances around and what you have been used to living with was for so long, God can turn it all around. Somebody help me. Where, somebody help me find, if you don't know off the top of your head, where's the words that's in Isaiah, come you to the waters, everyone that thirsts come and buy. Somebody help me with that. While they're finding that, Isaiah 61 and verse number 1. This is a prophecy by Isaiah that Jesus himself would repeat or would read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Now I want to show you a great exchange. (laughs) To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Here we go. To give them beauty for ashes. I'm going to give them beauty for ashes. I'm not going to make them create beauty and I will give them beauty for beauty. I'm going to take their ashes. The indicator of prior tragedy and difficulty. And for that I am going to give them beauty. For the oil of joy I am going to exchange for mourning. The garment of praise I am going to give for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. There is a statement most of us know all too well, and that is if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true. I got to tell you, exchanging my ashes for beauty sounds too good to be true. Taking my mourning and exchanging it for the oil of joy sounds too good to be true and giving up my garment of heaviness for a garment of praise sounds too good to be true but that's not my request that is his offer or his invitation you bring me whatever it is you have to bring me I'm not going to put any set expectations I'm not going to put any value on what you have to get what I have you just bring me what you have and what I I'm going to give you is not going to be equal for what you give me. I've got something to give you in return that is far greater than what you have. Did y'all find that? 55. Listen to this. Isaiah 55. 
verse number 1. Isaiah 55 and verse 1. Ho, stop, wait. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Now listen, listen to what the prophecy through Isaiah is. He that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. What? He doesn't say come and get. He didn't say come and take. He said those with no money, come and buy. You know what that kind of reminds me of? I've never thought of this before until just reading right now. But that reminds me when we when we used to have a school. We had a church school for 35 years. When we used to have a school, uh, a lot of years, Sister Richards, we'd do those, those uh, Christmas sales for the kids. And I guess sometimes they had to act, I guess they brought a dollar or something, whatever. But there's been some times we've done actually and more so I guess in some outreach situations. Where you come and we give you fake money. So you can feel like you're spending. <laughs> so I, I guess maybe that's kind of what he's saying. Hey, come. Maybe it's kind of like what I do with my kids sometimes, probably not as often as they'd like. Walk in to the store and they're looking at something. Do you want that? Yeah, but I don't have the money. I don't, I don't. Okay. Do you want it? Yeah, but I don't have the money. That's not what I asked. I just asked, do you want it? And so here, go buy. Hey. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, but you do not have the resources to purchase what you need, come and buy anyway. I, we, we, we had finished up the Freedom Tower and we were going to head up to Times Square to get some lunch. And in the course of that, right next to where we parked was a mall. And... Uh, He's not in here, so I'll talk a little more freely about him. Somehow, over the last couple of weeks, Timothy has become obsessed with a couple of different name brands. For better or worse, there's some now. There's now some some things online where you can purchase name brand stuff for very very cheap. And so he's done that. Uh oh, he's back. He's done that some. And there was one of those name brand stores in this mall near where we parked. And so we walked, he walked first. And I decided out of curiosity. I mean, expensive to me is, you know, what you see at Macy's. That's, don't mean to embarrass any of you that may be a little more affluent than I am, but <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's where, that's where we max out, not with what I spend, but just what I look at. I'm just, I got four kids. There ain't a whole lot to go around. So I probably don't even, I probably don't even pronounce it right. That's how pitiful I am. But it was, it was the, the Burberry store, Burberry. How do y'all, any, any of y'all smart? Burberry. Burberry. 
Burberry. I look, that's right, looked at them prices and I felt chills up and down my spine. I, I went, I went, I went, I got a little, I got a little, I think it's fossil, right? Fossil or Timberland, one or the other. I got a little fossil or Timberland wallet that I paid like 25 bucks for. I mean, that, I picked this wallet up. And I was embarrassed because, you know, they, I mean, they got like, it's not like, you know, Macy's and these other stores where there's a person somewhere if you want to get them. I mean, they're like standing. They'd be, every person had like an iPad. I don't know what that was for, but probably for your personal purchasing pleasure. And it, uh, the store itself probably wasn't square footage wise, wasn't the, at least the men's part, wasn't much square footage total wasn't any bigger than this platform and there's a guy and a man and a woman that worked them i mean so it was already kind of intimidating because i mean they didn't know me but i knew me which i kind of decided once i started to go in you know what i'm out as they have no idea so i'm just gonna act like i belong here i knew i knew i had no business in that store. I knew my teenage boys had no business there. But then I thought they have no idea. So fake it till you make it. I'm assuming most people that shop there don't do what I did because I tried to very discreetly open the wallet because, you know, there wasn't no sticker on the outside. I opened it up and I'm digging around. I find a little piece of paper. Four, five, zero, point, zero, zero. I don't even have 450 to put in a wallet, much less buy one for 450. We went in a, we went in another store when we were in Mystic Seaport, uh, Friday afternoon. It was right near where the, uh, the, uh, the conference was. And I, I, we were, my sons and I, we were just sightseeing a little bit and they spotted a store. They wanted to go in. We went in that store and there was a shirt hanging there and I looked at it and then I opened up and looked and there was the name brand on the shirt of the same name brand of some shirts that I had. And I like the shirt. I'm like, hmm, let's check out the, ooh. I just happened to be sitting at the table yesterday morning before the session started, and a, a preacher's wife said to me, Brother Wright, I, 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 if you don't mind me asking, where do you get your shirts? I really like your shirts. I said, well, <coughs> Steinmart and Nordstrom Rack. Of course, when you're used to Marshalls and TJ Maxx, Nordstrom Rack is expensive. Because the brand of shirt I had that was the same brand as that, I got it for about a quarter of that price on the rack at Steinmark. You know what? I didn't walk that, that, nobody walked up to me in Burberry. <laughs> Said, we are so happy to have you today. You buy whatever you want. 
Sir, I don't have the money. That's all right. You go ahead and buy whatever you want. Probably if they'd have known what I did not have, they would not have been happy with me wandering around because we don't want your kind in here. If you can't pay, we don't want you in here to play. See you later. That's our natural point of reference. Can I tell you in this place right now, there are shelves of what you need today with a price tag far beyond what you can pay. But the owner of this store says, come and buy. If you don't have money, come and buy. If you can't afford what I have to give, come and buy. No, we're not going to put you in debt with a ridiculous interest rate so that you can live under the burden of paying it back. I'm going to give you what you need to buy what I have. Oh, I believe there are some people in this place this morning that God is wanting to make a great exchange with you today. You have sat looking at what you have compared to what He has. Looking at what you have the ability to purchase versus what He has to give. And in your mind, there is no way I can get that. But I wish somehow somebody could focus in right now and feel the draw of a loving, compassionate God who says, you just bring me what you have. And if you will give me what you have, I will give you what I have. And if you've got ashes, I'm not going to give you ashes in return. If you've got brokenness, I'm not just going to give you something broken. If you've got something of no value or seems to be of no value, I'm not going to give back equal to what you give me. But whatever you give me, I'm going to make an exchange with you that is so much greater than what you could ever imagine or anticipate. And I'm not asking you to earn it. I'm not asking you to be worthy of it. I'm just saying, give me what you have. Give me the tears that you have sown. Give me the heartache that you have lived with. And in exchange, I'm going to give you something much different I'm going to exchange with you you walk into any store today whether it's an expensive store you can go to the dollar store today take something up to the register and say all I've got's a penny for your dollar item and they are going to tell you sorry there is a price tag And if you want this, you've got to give equal value. Doesn't matter if it is only a dollar. If you want a dollar item, you gotta give a dollar. If you want a hundred dollar item, you gotta give a hundred dollar item.
But God says, don't worry about the price. You just give me what you have. And I'm going to give you what you need. You have sown in tears. But you are going to reap in joy. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass you two guys. I, I learned even a little bit more about you a week or two from Brother Lewis. Maybe not always literally speaking, but if figuratively, you guys have sown a lot of tears. I hope one day more of you can hear the story of these two young men. You want to talk about some challenges to face in life. Can I tell you guys today where you are, and if you'll stay on the path that you are, may not seem possible to you right now, may not even make sense to you right now, but God can exchange all of the tears of sorrow that you guys have experienced for joy that is so far above what you could ever Expect. You know what's so wonderful I, I like about church? One of the things I like about church, if you're a guest today, you look around, you see all these folks that are church members here. You look at them, and you look at them right now. You're like, man, these people got it all together. They got it all going on. I could never fit in here. I could never, I, I just don't. What you see is not where most of them started. Because most folks here today at some point felt that way. Ah, I don't, I mean, you just, just take these four fine looking fellas up here. Take, take this, take this seasoned fella back here. Got his got his coat and tie on this morning looking looking all spiritual up here that's not where he came from I, I've, I, I've heard a couple stories from this guy and I can tell you this excuse the grammar but this ain't where he came from I, I know a little bit about him and this isn't where he started. He's more like me because this is where we started. But even at that, we started as sinners. Don't judge where we came from by where we are today. Because the majority of people in this room right now started a whole lot different than where they are because they might be wearing some garments of praise today but they walked in with garments of heaviness that were stained by sin but they made an exchange I'll give you my garment of heaviness for a garment of praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
in the name of Jesus. I want everybody that would, that can to stand, if you would. We're going we're gonna to do an altar call, but we're going to do it perhaps a little bit different, I guess. I don't know, maybe not. Here's what I want you to do, whether you are a member or a guest, whether you come here all the time or this is your first time. If you're willing to acknowledge that God is talking to you this morning, or let me at least say it this way, what is being preached applies to you. Here's what I, what I want you to do in just a moment. Let me, let me back one one more one I'm sorry one more one more story one more many of you know the name Ruth the book of Ruth in the Bible that story really starts with Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi because Naomi and her husband and two sons were in Bethlehem but there was a famine that came to Bethlehem and so they left Bethlehem and they went to a place called Moab. And when they were in Moab, her sons married wives from Moab. But in the course of time, her husband and her two sons died. You want to talk about some tears being sown? You've left home. You're in a strange land. You've lost husband and two sons. And so now she says, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem. She tells her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, I'm going home. This is where you're from. This is what you know. I release you to stay here. Orpah, her one daughter-in-law, accepted that offer and stayed in Moab. But Ruth responded and said, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And so Ruth and Naomi go back to Bethlehem. And when they get back there, those that knew Naomi see her coming. And they begin to call her by name. And she responds to them and says, Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Because God has dealt bitterly with me. She says this, I went out full, but I've come back empty. I preach to some folks today, you at some point have gone out full, but you've come home empty. What she was saying was, I've got no future. I've got no reason to expect anything good for tomorrow because of my past and my present. But what she did not know was God was already in the process of exchanging the oil of joy for her mourning because he had stuff in store for the remainder of her life that was completely different than what she had come to expect the rest of her life to be. 
So I want you to do this if you would. If you're a guest, I realize you may not be real comfortable with this, but if you wouldn't mind, I want everybody, if you would just where you're standing, close your eyes. If you're willing right now to acknowledge, you know what, I, the Lord is talking to me. If you're a guest today and you're willing to acknowledge, you know what, preacher, I, I can relate to what you're saying. What you're preaching today applies to me. I, I want you to do this. I know we're all adults, mostly adults in here, teenagers and adults pretty much. And I know we like to think we, you know, we mature and we outgrow our imagination. But if you ever sit down to read a novel or you sit down to watch a movie, you are using your imagination. I, I want you just to picture yourself holding whatever your ashes are today. I, I want you to picture yourself, whatever it is right now, I, I want you to picture your tears that you have sown right now. And in just a moment, I, I want to invite you again, whether you come here all the time or you're a guest today, I believe that the Lord is here today and wants to make an exchange with some people. And so I, I realize some of you may be a little uncomfortable with this, but I, I want to ask you to do this, and I don't think you'll have to do it alone. But if you would acknowledge, you know what? You're talking to me today. God's talking to me. I, I want you, I'm not asking you to do it outwardly, physically. If you want to go that far, that's fine. But I want you to imagine yourself holding your ashes, holding your mourning. I want you to picture yourself with your garment of heaviness. I want you to invite, I want to invite you to step out of your seat. Step down to this altar area, the front of this sanctuary this morning. And I want you to picture yourself taking what you have and giving it, laying it down, if you will. And then giving him the opportunity. To make an exchange with you today. It is God's desire for some folks to leave this place this morning. Having made an exchange with Him. Where you have traded what you have for what He has. You have traded your brokenness for wholeness. You've traded your sorrow for joy. You've traded your shame for his righteousness his forgiveness you've traded your anxiety and your fears for his peace in jesus name come on as hopefully no one's looking around if nothing else just out of respect for some of you i know god's talking to somebody right now i know god's speaking to somebody in this place right now if he's speaking to you would you respond to him right now Brother, right, what, what if I give him what I have and he doesn't exchange? Then no offense, that makes him a liar. What if I offer him what I have and he doesn't give me anything in return? Then, then that makes him a liar. It's not about you as an individual. It's about him being God. Because if he doesn't do what he said he would do, he's not just letting you down. He's not just disappointing you, but... He's actually contradicting himself and he can't do that. 
Can I get some believers to come and help right now? Come on. There's folks responding. Would you also be sensitive there? There may be somebody that doesn't quite have the confidence or whatever to step out of their seat and come down, but right where they are, God is touching them, ministering to them. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, I need some help right now. we got a lot of folks in this altar. If you don't need to respond for yourself, would you please be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost right now? God, I pray for somebody today that has sown a whole lot of tears. God, there's folks here today that have sown a whole lot of tears. But today, I pray you would give them the confidence that the tears they've sown, they will reap in joy. God, right now, exchange somebody's ashes for beauty. God, right now, take somebody's ashes, the ashes of a broken life, the ashes of a broken marriage, the ashes of a broken family, the ashes of broken dreams. And in exchange for those ashes, God, give beauty. I pray, God, that you would take somebody's mourning right now somebody's sorrow somebody's grief I pray that you would take that today and in return you would give joy you would give the oil of joy that would bring healing and wholeness God I pray for somebody that's carrying heaviness today I pray for somebody that's under a load of heaviness today that in exchange for their garment of heaviness, you would give a garment of praise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. The Holy Ghost is working in this place right now. Come on. The Holy Ghost is working here right now. Come on, somebody, lay it down today. Come on, somebody, place what you have on the altar today with no fear of rejection. With no fear of God rejecting you because it's not good enough. No fear of God rejecting it because it doesn't have any value. It doesn't have any worth. But lay it down today with the confidence that whatever it is I have to give, God has an exchange that He will make with me. I may have nothing more than heartache and pain and brokenness. I may have nothing more than a shattered life. I may have nothing more than sorrow and disappointment to bring. But if you're willing, God, to exchange what I have for what you have, 
then today God I give you I give you what I have I give you what I have today Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm not going to hang on to my ashes because they seem to be worthless I'm not going to hang on to my ashes because they seem to have no value anymore but I will exchange with you God what I have for what you have is my cup Lord is my cup Here's my cup, Lord. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up to you today. I don't have what it takes to buy from you what I need. I don't have the ability to purchase what I need. But you said that I could come and without any money I could buy. I could buy what I have need of. So here's my cup. Fill it up. and quench this thirsting of my soul come on God's not just talking to our guests this morning I believe God's speaking to our guests today but I also believe God's speaking to some of you that you're not a guest speaking to some of you that you've been here a long time but you're carrying some ashes you're carrying some brokenness but God's asking you today to make an exchange oh I lift it up Lord I lift it up Lord hallelujah hallelujah This thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven, oh, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it. Hallelujah. Here's 
is my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Oh, bread of heaven, feed me till I want to go. Oh, here's my cup. presence of the Lord is still working and moving in this place. But if you need to go, you want to go, please feel free to do so. I lift it up. Here's my cup. 